This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool remained just one point behind Premier League leaders Manchester City following a two-all draw at the Etihad Stadium. You're listening to the post-game podcast with Patrick Smith after an absolute thriller of a match between the two greatest teams in the league, if not the world. City took an early lead through Kevin De Bruyne, but the ever-reliable Diogo Jota maintained his unbelievable form this season, equalising for the Reds shortly after for his 21st of the season. It certainly wasn't a vintage first half from Jurgen Klopp's side, to put it lightly, as the hosts grabbed a second through Gabriel Jesus and perhaps could have had an even healthier lead heading into the break. But Liverpool burst out in the second half and Sadio Mane scored the final goal of the evening to make the score level at 2-all within a minute of kicking off. The result does mean that the title is now technically out of Liverpool's hands and they will need City to drop points in their remaining seven fixtures if the title is to return to Merseyside. But as for today, we've got all the quality reaction you need for that Premier League classic, with the Liverpool Echo's Paul Gorst verdict, Jürgen Klopp's press conference and the reaction from the Red supporters. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. For the second time this season, Liverpool were forced to settle for a point against Manchester City as the uh, two best teams in England once again played out a 2-2 draw. Uh, I say the be- two best teams in England, they're probably the best two teams in Europe at the moment, aren't they? And um, inevitably the world. Uh, a pulsating, absorbing draw. Uh, Liverpool were forced to dig deeper times. They were second best for large portions of this contest, but that was to be expected against the team. They were absolutely flying under Pep Guardiola and, um, you know, at the Etihad where they are so dominant against the, most of the teams Liverpool. Had to dig into the reserves of character, but we know Liverpool have got those, or got that rather. They've uh, so often done that over the last four or five years under Jurgen Klopp. Um, Liverpool didn't start well. Manchester City took the lead inside the first five minutes. Kevin De Bruyne's shot deflecting off Joel Matip and arching past uh, Alisson Becker. Liverpool responded. Uh, Diogo Jota's 21st of the campaign after a lovely cushion uh, knockdown from Trent Alexander-Arnold. But Liverpool didn't really deserve to be uh, in the contest at that point. They routinely coughed up possession in dangerous areas and City's press really put them on the back foot and uh, Gabriel Jesus made a 2-1 heading into the uh, in the half-time interval. Uh, Liverpool, to be fair to them, responded almost instantly in the second half. Sadio Mane on his 30th birthday uh, pinged one past Everson after a lovely pass from Mohamed Salah. Uh, and from there on in, Liverpool uh, really had their best spell of the game but were unable to uh, get the third goal and City thought they had the third with Raheem Sterling but uh, he was marginally offside and uh, both teams were forced to set over a point despite sending on the likes of Jack Grealish and Naby Keita and Luis Diaz and Riyad Mahrez, a real wealth of attack and talent on the bench um, as Jürgen Klopp walks past me as we record this. He's also doing his post-match media duties, we'll be hearing from him shortly but uh, it'll be interesting to see what he makes of this game. It was a, a pulsating absorb and draw as I say, the two best teams in the country going head-to-head. It doesn't really give us uh, any kind of um, conclusion of, over to who is going to be uh, winning this Premier League title, but what it does is keep City just marginally ahead of Liverpool by a point heading into the final seven games. And Liverpool will probably take being in this position given that uh, it looked done and dusted as early as or as recently as January. They fought back. Um, so game we have only from 11 point disadvantages and 14 points at one point, and now it is just a single point. But this was the chance to, to um, take the initiative and go above City. But Pep Guardiola's team is so strong here in uh, Manchester, aren't they? So uh, Liverpool not able to do that, but crucially, I've kept the title hopes alive, the quadruple hopes are still alive and these two teams will once again uh, lace up Wembley on uh, Saturday uh, afternoon. Uh, but before then, it's a small matter of the Champions League quarter-final. Um, City go to Madrid, uh, Liverpool at home to Benfica and um, it's going to be a big 
big old week of football for Liverpool and Manchester City before they reconvene at Wembley next week. But it's finished here at the Etihad in the Premier League. Manchester City 2, Liverpool 2. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. So to my missus, to be honest, she was there somewhere in between. And I was I want to make sure that she's still fine. <laughs> um, no, it's it's come on, it's not. It's not to celebrate something. It's just to 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 show appreciation, to 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 say thank you and go there. And um, I think the support was again incredible. Um, we could calm down the city ground slightly with the football we played in moments, but there were other moments when they when they were really on their toes. So I liked the game atmosphere wise as well. Um, yeah, um, it's nothing changed really. So you play. 95 minutes incredibly intense football and you are as smart as before um, but that's actually pretty good news we are if we win today it would have been possible but it would have been possible as well that we lose um so if you win today we are two points up it would change nothing um we have to be nearly perfect to to beat this team in a game but over a season as well so um yeah let's see Sorry. No, no, I didn't find her, but she was there. I heard so. All good. Okay, yeah, Jürgen, were you were oh. you unhappy um, at halftime? Happy or unhappy? Unhappy with the aspects of the first half. As not unhappy, but I knew we can improve. So, but it's not that I went in and said, "How can we do that?" I know how intense that is. The, the, the concentration level in this game. It's incredible, to be honest, because it's really, I said now a couple of times, like two boxers, I mean, the moment, two heavyweights, in the moment when you put your arms down, you get such a knock in the middle of your face, and then you have to to get up again, and then you have to to try to to get control again, and that's what happened. So what we said in halftime, actually what we said before the game already, it's the way we had to defend, that we have to be there more um, braver in these moments, so Hendo did exceptionally well stepping up in this situation when we didn't have that, when we didn't have um, we couldn't put pressure on the, on, the, on the ball then we were too high, so but not too, too high, like in saying too high, the timing of their runs was outstanding, and that's why it was really tricky, but I liked a lot, and that's what was actually the main message in half time, that uh, when we control the game, we cause them more problems than ever before in games and that's really good and um, so we improved obviously in this department and it's absolutely that's good good news for us but of course i would have loved it would have done it more often because like the like the football situation around the goal when we scored the first goal and when we scored a second goal both like just top awareness and go there top finish all these kind of things so and then we had 15 minutes where we were clear uh, clear kind of in control but then they got momentum back and it's, it's just um, both teams you could see both wanted for a minute or two, take a deep breath and then go again. So massive game. Hi, Jürgen. Hi. Um, you've seen what City played a lot like Liverpool. Okay. <laughs> what, what do you think? You're welcome. We don't, we don't own the style. So it's fine. It's so different for City though, isn't it? They don't, they don't normally it's just smart. Just my, it's not a, who cares. City is allowed to play balls behind the line. When you have the runs they have, I have I, I couldn't respect it more. <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne, he, so like that. It's it's easy to play. The, sorry, it's easy to play the pass, 
but the timing they had for their runs was absolutely it's not bad to be honest i, I, I like that um yeah we could have done it as well but we were in the playing mood today so but it was it's fine really as i said we, we improved and it's about winning football games and not about um showing up um which style you uh, want to push through like um really stubborn um and yes there were moments more direct than usually but i thought it was a good idea what did you mean by you playing? we played much less long balls than we usually do so we wanted to play between the lines through the lines and these kind of things just because we control it it's the, the last line of city defense uh balls behind really well uh, really really together really have all physical physically they're quick and all these kind of things so we want to mix it up but um actually the plan was um to play and how we did around it look the first goal we scored is now we scored similar goals against city i'm pretty sure there was one goal um when it was a away game here as well i think in the end we lost 2-1 uh when bobby Firmino scored after trent cross and robo heads the ball square um, we had a ball before that i think 25 or 30 times passed the ball not that often today, but it was a similar goal. So that's what we want to do. That's what we have to do. No team in the world is perfect. We are not. City is probably the closest, but it's not perfect as well. Um, and so we have to try to 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 force them to make um, a few little mistakes. Jürgen, do, do you agree with um, Pep that it will take seven out of seven to win the title for either yeah. of these teams, and that so you, you're basically looking for perfection from here? Yeah. I think that's probably right. Um, I mean, I would say nothing changed for us. It was before we, we knew it in January. We knew in January if we want to if we want to win it, we have to we have to win eighteen games. So now, and if there's one we can draw, or it was today, we drew. I mean, now let's see. We have the next. We have now two massive games for us. We have um, Benfica on 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 Wednesday and um, Wednesday, yeah, and then City again Saturday, and after that it really starts um we have to we have to be ready for our derbies and um yeah but it's actually cool it's good fine we are we are where we want to be we are we are close to to an incredible side um my boys showed today that we are really really good as well and so now a couple of times if you is it allowed to say it's cool is it that's allowed Good. If you don't have luck in life, you're screwed. That's how it is. And we have no, and that's how it is. And we have the we have the situation that um we had a situation three years ago, one point behind. It was not a point. It was actually millimeter, 17 here, and I think 15 at Burnley. That's the situation. If and you, you cannot you have, you have, you have no influence on that. Huh? So we all know situations we need to have, we need to, I don't think luck with ref decisions, but at least right decisions. Well, all these kind of things, and you can, that's something we don't have, we can't influence. What we have to be, we have to be pretty much as close to perfection as somehow possible to win seven Premier League games, which is absolutely insane. But that's obviously the only way to beat this team, if it's enough, because we don't know that. If they win them as well, then it's difficult. Can you obviously I appreciate you know you and Pepper winners you, you 
you, both of your teams are. Can, can you actually enjoy the moment out there, or is it just so intense that, no. that you can't? Oh, it's now not that I that the the main mood is joy, but um, yes, I enjoy absolute moments. I, absolute. <laughs> um, I can really I respect a lot what they are doing. So I, even I can enjoy something like that, especially when they don't score with it. But then I see the pass and I see the run and I think, wow, it's really strong. And then, because for me it's important, could we have done something differently in that moment or not? Because the information I have to give my players are they should better be spot on. Otherwise, you the players think, what are you talking about? So yes. I can enjoy moments, but it's not the general mood. It's, yeah. it's work. Because I, I might have dreamt it, but I'm sure you hugged each other, you and Pep, in about the 83rd minute or something like that. Not just at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I might for, have dreamt that. No, no, no. I forgot what we were talking about. It was not a proper hug. It was more a slap on the shoulder or something like that. But it was fine. Nothing, No argument, nothing. But I forgot what it was about. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 2-2 draw against Manchester City and uh, still very much alive in the Premier League. There's, there's not too much lost here. I think if you, if you think that one point difference is, is going to make the difference at the end of the season, then you know, I'd be surprised because there's seven games to go for each team, 14 matches. It it possible, in fact, some would say likely, but I'm not convinced that Liverpool are going to win all seven games and that City are going to win all seven games. I think there's a lot still to come in this title race and uh, I, I very much look forward to that. Starting lineup today, I had um, I had uh, Diaz starting and Mane in the middle with Mo Salah on the right. Of course, no complaints about what Jurgen did, and I think, in retrospect, I mean Jurgen tends to outthink me on more than one occasion a year. Uh, I think probably playing Sadio Mane out of position, which let's face it, he would be if he was he was down the middle against Manchester City away from home, might not have been the smart thing to do. And um, there's no there's no disadvantages there starting Jota in the middle. Um, he scored plenty of goals this season, and you also have the potentially punishing scenario punishing for City of uh, Diaz coming off the bench and creating something special which I think would be more impactful than than uh, um, most players that you could bring off the bench so that was yeah that was all that was all fine I think equally interesting and um, insightful given who we were playing and what we were playing for is who didn't make the squad today uh, who wasn't on the bench. Uh, there was no Minamino, no Origi, no Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, no Harvey Elliott. I think you can put Elliott to one side. He's a youngster. Um, he's been out this season with uh, a significant injury um, and he's definitely one for the future. I'm okay that Elliott wasn't in the squad to play against Manchester City um, away from home. You know, On this occasion, I think that's perfectly reasonable. But the other three, Ox... Origi and Minamino I think that's probably a sign that um, if we're talking about surplus to requirements if we're talking about players who are going to leave in the transfer window in order to assist us making the squad stronger by buying players then those are probably the three that you're looking at um, so I think that was eye-opening to see that today 
I thought our our rearguard triangle of Alison Becker, Virgil van Dijk and Joel Matip were very, very good today despite conceding two goals. Let's not forget that one of them was a very unfortunate deflection um, off Joel Matic's legs. How that managed to find its way into the net, I'm not quite sure, but uh, a big chunk of good fortune for City there. I thought Virgil was was superb and just you you can rely on him, can't you? Just as you can rely on Alison Becker when opposition are one on one through against us. Becker tends to make extraordinary saves and the opportunities later ruled out for offsides in any case but nonetheless he makes those saves and a couple of just yeah extraordinary is the word saves today um, he is far and away for me the best goalkeeper in the world and Virgil would be the best central defender in the world but Joel Matip I think was was excellent today 93rd minute when fresh legs Jack Grealish got the ball and was breaking through um, Matip timed his interception supremely well and uh, very good performance from then today. Just a couple of other thoughts before I wrap up. I think uh, that injection of bringing on Diaz was something to look forward to and be excited about but when we got an opportunity, I think it was in the 79th minute, Diaz bursting down the left, he decided despite his fresh legs to check back and play the ball backwards which I can tell you was just wonderful for the City defenders. I mean, the last thing you want is Diaz running at you after 79 minutes have, have gone by because he's so exciting and um, just bursting with energy and the, the choice he made to, to stop, check back and, uh, and feed the ball backwards was, I think, uh, a little bit strange and I... You know, who knows what would have happened if he just tried his luck. I mean, it's in the final third where you try your, you chance your arm, isn't it? And that's where you take the risk. And, and often with players like Diaz and with the players that he would have had to his right waiting for an opportunity to present itself, um, we might have been able to wrap that up. The only other thing I'd say is um, Thiago, I, I think, <sighs> I wish we'd had Ginny Wijnaldum today. I know it seems a bit irrelevant now, almost a year since he's left us, but um, Thiago will play good passes. It, but he, he does give the ball away, but he's also a, he's also a bit of a, a reckless challenger. Um, he is a yellow card waiting to happen, and that will, that will inevitably turn into red from time to time. And in these big games, we cannot afford to go down to 10 men. Um, I'm not going to you know, jump on his head here. I think he's a super player, but... It would be nice if we could rein that aspect of his game in. Um, he he is, because of that propensity to get booked, uh, effectively an enforced substitution. And we tend to we tend to um, make midfield changes anyway. Uh, but yeah, I think it'd be nice if we could make that change for Thiago. I think it's good, brave of Jurgen. Brave is the wrong word, but it's it's good to see that he's willing to take Hendo off and willing to not start him from time to time, even though he's our captain and our talisman. Um, there are other options out there, um, fresher options sometimes. And, and I'm glad that he was withdrawn and that he accepted that withdrawal in good faith, as did Sadio Mane, by the way, which we haven't always seen from him. Um, perhaps more of a squad feeling that we've had for a while, and that will 
um, see us in a, a very good frame of mind to tackle these three trophies that we are still very much chasing at Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Susu draw at the Etihad, which keeps, keeps Liverpool's hopes alive of potentially securing the Premier League title. Although, of course, now it is out of their own hands. And before I start the podcast today, I think one thing that's got to be said is what a fantastic team Manchester City are. And when we look back in many years to come and we see the achievements of Jurgen Klopp in matching Manchester City within these years, I think we can't overestimate, sorry, or underestimate how much of a magnificent performance has been from the manager and the players. Manchester City is sides who have basically unlimited funds to be able to extract players from clubs, build up the best possible squad. They have an outstanding group of, say, 17, 18 players, all interchangeable, who are the absolute top, top elite quality. And more importantly, they are managed for me by the best manager of elite players, a manager or coach, I should say, who... I have never seen anything quite like in all of his spells at all of his clubs in the level of domination he can exert over every opponent that he plays, both with and without the ball, suffocating them, starving them of possession, starving them of territory. And to come out on top against Guardiola over 38 games and in various competitions, if Liverpool are to do so, and already have in some cases, will be looked upon as such an absolutely unbelievable achievement. So I think that is the first thing to note. And again, I felt Manchester City today showed everything that I just touched on. I felt in the first half they were absolutely excellent. Magnificent managerial performance in how to press the ball, stop a team playing out. And it was very similar to the game at Anfield in the first half, where, if you remember, Liverpool could not get out their own half, could not get into the final third, could not gain any territory. And the distances of Manchester City's players and the organisation to be able to press the ball was absolutely first class. And like Guardiola's always said, an opposition team can't hurt you if they don't have the ball. And they have adopted a situation the last numerous games that they played Liverpool in which Kevin De Bruyne will jump out onto one of the two centre-halves with one of the other higher players occupying his partner and essentially go man for man and say to Liverpool, can you play out against us? And far too often for me, Liverpool haven't been able to come up with an answer, especially in first halves in which Manchester City's organisation and energy is at its absolute maximum. And I think from Liverpool's point of view, coming up against that, I think Liverpool have to change some, something around to be able to gain some success because for me in this particular fixture, Liverpool are really lucky to come away with a 2-2 draw. I felt that City were by far the better team. Don't get me wrong, there's got to be some massive positives for the way Liverpool's mentality to be able to come out and claw the game back against such a brilliant side who exerts such control. So there's massive positives for Liverpool. But in general, they were fortunate to come away from this game with a 2-2 draw. And I also felt because of the domination Liverpool in Manchester City had at Anfield, they were fortunate again to come away with a draw. Reliance upon individual outstanding moments from Salah at Anfield, in both cases, both setting up a goal and scoring a goal. And also in this particular game, a fantastic pass from, which were more an exception to the rule because Liverpool's actual quality with the ball was lacking in both of the games for me. And you cannot rely on individual brilliance when 
an untidiness in the rest of your game over a prolonged period of time or a prolonged period of games against Manchester City because you will be beaten and you will come off second best. And Liverpool, to be able to claim any silverware this season, have got to get past Manchester City in every competition virtually. So they've got to be a lot better because I just feel the law of averages with the way they've performed against City over the last the last games has been nowhere near the level. And the, the there's a difference between if you have a level of control in the game but don't really affect the opposition going forward, but you're comfortable and you see it out for a draw. Liverpool have got into the stages too often against Manchester City for me where it's gone down the other route where they've actually been fortunate in a number of situations to come away with any. And I think the XG won't show it today. I believe that Liverpool have got slightly more in terms of that, in terms of the opportunities that they created. But it doesn't tell you the full story because Manchester City got into great areas which won't register because of a, a poor final decision or a poor final pass. And against the absolute elite players, you're just not going to get away with that. So it might sound like I'm being harsh, but I want Liverpool to be able to come out on the right side of Manchester City, as difficult as that is, because, like I say, you know, you're talking about, for me, the best team, Premier League team of, of all time, without a shadow of a doubt, they would absolutely hammer any of the, the previous teams from the previous years, both tactically and physically, technically, just far, far superior. And again, for Liverpool to be matching them stride for stride, but is is excellent. However, they need to, to find a way to, to better the performance against them to get get past them. Now, in order to, to try and solve the first issue, was obviously trying to play out against Manchester City. For me, Liverpool can, can alter up the game. They can, we know that Liverpool are very strict in their formation and, Guardiola will plan for how and the positions that Liverpool take up within the build-up phase and be quite confident that that will be the norm. Now, I feel that Liverpool are going to have to mix that up because far too often the ball is just getting suffocated from them, turned over, and then Manchester City are causing issues. So that's the first thing. I think tactically, can Klopp come up with a different solution in terms of dropping players into different areas to make Manchester City think slightly differently and have to come up with a different plan. Secondly of all, you can influence it yourself. So what can Liverpool do on the ball to be able to transfer the ball into higher areas and gain more success? Well, first of all, what you can do is you've got to be better technically on the ball. You are playing against an outstanding technically, uh, sorry, an outstandingly organised elite team who have brilliant intensity. So it's going to be really difficult to get your head up and play forward and secure the ball. But too often today, Liverpool's ability technically on the football, let them down, the decision-making, it's not a case of bravery. The players are getting on it, although I think some could have showed more often and had the same confidence they do against lesser teams because that's how you're going to have to. For example, Thiago today, I felt was Liverpool's by far Liverpool's best player. Always showing always making the right decisions with the football, always calming the ball down under immense pressure, where others, and I'll use Fabinho in this case, I have never seen such a fantastic player have such a poor game. He was absolutely catastrophic in the game and should have even cost Liverpool in the game, even in the 93rd minute where he ended up giving it away again, only for Mahrez to to shoot over the bar. A terrible performance. And I never thought I'd say this, but the pressure Manchester City would exert and almost made him worried, made him nervous. You could see that in a lot of Liverpool players. The full-backs didn't play particularly well. The two Matip, I felt, was one of Liverpool's better players. But in general, there was far not enough calmness on the ball, not enough confidence to accept it in tighter areas, to be able to play forwards, to have that authority on the pitch. So them two things, both coming up with a different tactical plan to play out and also Liverpool's players being technically better and more relaxed in possession, 
will be absolutely crucial in Liverpool coming away with absolutely anything against Manchester City in future games. And secondly of all, Liverpool have also had a slight problem with trying to affect Manchester City's build-up because you think to yourself, well, why are Liverpool having such problems playing out but Manchester City aren't? And a few years ago, Liverpool were having great success in the early Guardiola Klopp era. Liverpool were able to win back the ball on numerous occasions. Transition really hurt City. Since then, Guardiola has changed the, the system that he's come up with against Liverpool from a 4-3-3 to essentially to a 4-2-3-1 to, to have players in different pockets of space and give Liverpool a different problem within their shape. Obviously, the other issue you've got is Edison's almost an extra outfield player, such as his ability on the ball. So can Liverpool also affect Manchester City's build-up to turn the tables and, and gain more territory on City? It might sound like I'm being negative, but I just want Liverpool to come out on the right side of these games, and I think it's going to be increasingly difficult to do so if they keep playing the same way. Final thing for me, just in terms of what I'd like to see improved or what I believe has to be improved, is the distances in midfield too often Kevin De Bruyne was able to get in pockets of space and his ability, either right or even on his weaker left foot, to carve chances from any area with minimal time and space. The distances have to be tighter. If you're asking Fabinho, for example, to cover big distances, you're in a big problem. He's a fantastic player, but he excels when the units are compact, the units are tight, and he's able to suffocate small spaces with that long stride. Get him into a foot race or asking the space to open up. You'll find a game like you've seen today where he looks really cumbersome and really leggy. So for me, again, an adjustment needs to be made in midfield because too often City were not only able to win the second ball, but they then able to be in the, the type of space and time that can really hurt Liverpool. But listen, let's finish off on looking at the positives. For me, in the context of the game and how Liverpool performed, it's a magnificent point because it keeps the... The opportunities alive in a position where they were they were ultimately very much second best in the game. Can I see City dropping another point? I think it'd be hard pressed to such as how good they are. And could it be more realistic that I could see Liverpool losing or dropping a point? Probably, yeah. So I would say that it's Manchester City's title. But again, we will look back in, in so many years to come and say... What a fantastic effort from Liverpool's players. And listen, they are still in with an opportunity. Stranger things have happened. But they will have to tweak things and they will have to be a lot better at the areas that are just identified in all competitions to better what is a, a real pain of arrival. Mike Holt from Go In The Match podcast with my review on Man City 2, Liverpool 2. Um, absolutely exhausted after that. I feel like I played myself. Um Still keeps the Reds in touching distance of winning the title. Um, obviously, we've not come away with three points there, which would have been the perfect scenario. Um, but you know the way that the game panned out, you know a, a draw was more than fitting, I think, for the Reds. Um, going into the starting lineup, yeah, probably, probably what I envisaged that Jurgen would go for. Um, I mean, if it was me, I would probably would have. Rather seen Diaz in that front three somewhere, um. But who am I to who am I to tell you and Klopp what to do, um? And it was just a chaotic game that we kind of expected to be honest. Um, going in through the starting lineup, uh, back five is that we always expect, um. And then Thiago Henderson and Fabinho in midfield with the front three of Salah, Mane, and Jota, um. And obviously, we, we were straight under the cosh in the first five minutes. 
um, with obviously De Bruyne's goal. You know, I, I couldn't believe that goal. I really couldn't believe we were struggling to hook it clear. Um, Robertson obviously tries to get it clear, but not far enough down the pitch. And straight away, it's it's almost one of those situations where you know you've got away with one. Um, so just get rid and you know reset and, and recycle and start again. But we couldn't get rid of then. Obviously, he gets a, he gets a slight deflection, and they they go one nil up, and it kind of felt like we were playing into their hands in the first half an hour. You know, we were we were trying to play from the back, and we weren't really shifting it quick enough. And when we were shifting it, they were putting us under such high pressure. Um, we were just playing into their hands. I think we were probably giving them more opportunities to score than they were creating for themselves, if that makes sense. Um, but obviously, we get ourselves back into the game relatively quickly. Um, uh, obviously, the ball from Thiago into Trent, uh, and he knocks it back into the path of Jota. Uh, he slots it away, making it 1-1. But the composure from Trent's amazing there because, you know, any other fullback or any other player, to be honest, would just try and fizz that across the box and hope that it might take a deflection off the centre-half. Um, but his composure in the box is just, you know, control it, bring it down, and set it off for Jota. You know, that's world-class talent um not only physically but on a mental level as well um and then the game kind of you know in the first half it was you know city were the much better team i was really disappointed in liverpool i know we got ourselves back into it but we, we really weren't at our best um and obviously they, they get themselves another goal um with jesus um back post trent switches off completely um, I mean, I say that I don't know if he knew. He obviously knew that Jesus was there. It's just that I don't know if he really wanted to go with him or not because we were playing the offside trap, and you know that that was really the whole story of the game for me was this whole offside trap. We were so concentrated on trying to play them offside that we weren't actually defending the ball. You know, we were so so convinced and so concentrated with making sure that we would all step up and play a high line and. Sometimes you're not in a position to do that. You've just got to go and defend the ball. Just defend the ball first before you think about the offside trap. And that was really what was killing us in that first half. And obviously they got a goal from it. Fair play to them. Um, two on at half time. Obviously second half we come out a different beast. You know we were the much better team in the second half. Um, and like I say, you know I know it's a cliche, but you know this game really was a game of two halves. City had the first. We had the second. Um, I think I've just heard on uh, Sky Sports there them saying that um, it's the first time in 18 years that City have conceded in the first minute of a second half. Um, you know, and obviously the goal, it came from a bit, nice little bit of interplay between Trent and Henderson. Falls to Salah, who's, you know, that, that gap just appears between Walker and Stones uh, on their on their right-hand side. And he slips it through to Mane, who finishes superbly, to be honest. Um a lot of people say he's maybe one of the lesser of the front front options that we've got now, but his goal scoring record this season would tell you different. Um, and I thought in that second half, especially, he was superb. I was quite surprised he got uh, substituted um, with 15 to go, but you know he pops up with that, and the game kind of fizzed out a little bit for maybe 15, 20 minutes after that goal. It settled down a little bit, but then obviously in the last 15, 20. You know, it really stepped up. There was, you know, a lot of rash challenges. Thiago, Fabino, 
you know, there was especially on their side, De Bruyne, yeah, Rodri, they were all getting stuck in. And, you know, it was nice to see because it was a competitive fixture. You know, it was, it was a great game of football for the neutral. I mean, not really for us sitting there, you know, biting nails because, you know, this is the this is crunch time at this point of the season. It's the pinnacle for Liverpool and Man City. But for the neutral, you know, what a great game of football. They, they are probably the two best teams in Europe, if not the world right now. Um, and yeah, Mahrez a chance right at the end for, you know, that they should have capped that off and won it really. Um he obviously tries to dink it over, but he's got a little bit too much lift on it. I was quite surprised he did that. I thought he would just try and maybe stroke it into the bottom left or curl it. Um, that's what I was expecting him to do. You know, they had that great chance to seal it right at the end there. And obviously they had the offside goal as well with Sterling, who thought he'd scored the winner. Um, unlucky, Raheem. Um, but, you know, City had their chances. We had our chances as well. You know, we put them under a lot of pressure. We've, you know, it was just two battles of... You know, it was a battle of two juggernauts today. Um, and I think, in a, in a way, Liverpool were lucky to come away with a point. Um, you know, City really could have won that one today. Um, but I think lessons will be learned from Liverpool. Um, we definitely weren't at our best, but we've still managed to get a point out of it. We're still in the title race. Um, and obviously, we've got Benfica at home coming up and another semi-final at Wembley, um, which on a personal note, I'm going to. So I'm really looking forward to that. Seeing how both teams pan out um, against each other again, I can imagine there might be a bit of shift in front threes for both teams there. Um, and yeah, it was just a really good tactical battle to watch today. Shared points, um, but Liverpool is still in this title race. Hello, Alex Watts, sometimes from the Did It Cross the Line podcast. Um, oh, That was horrible to watch, wasn't it? <laughs> we... Obviously went into that wanting to come out of it with a win, but after watching it and enduring it, um, coming away with a point feels like a victory of sorts because, my God, that was stressful. Um, this is supposed to be a leisure activity, you know, watching football. You do wonder why we do it to ourselves sometimes, but the two best teams in the country, um, it's funny because um, the 2019 match between these two remains one of the highest level football matches I've ever seen, but you never quite know what you're going to get with this fixture. You know, we've seen a few stinkers too at points when both sides have been content to play for a draw, but this was definitely more of the former today, although it wasn't necessarily because of Liverpool's quality, but you've got to applaud the grit, the determination, the never say die attitude of these lads, but both sides were threatening throughout, which was probably great for the neutral to watch, but it made for obviously a horribly anxious 90 minutes for me and other Liverpool fans. Um, definitely didn't feel like a game where either side were willing to settle for a draw, even though that's how it ended. Um, the pace of the game was absolutely ludicrous. It felt relentless. It swung back and forth time and time again. Yeah, definitely not relaxing to watch and my nerves are in bits after that. But yeah, great game. Um, felt positive after seeing the starting lineup. Hendo and Matip back in as expected. Only slight surprise probably was Jota starting over Firmino. Felt like this was a perfect game for Bobby, but Diogo's obviously phenomenal. Did the business when we needed to, him to today, so definitely no complaints. Um, 
the game. So De Bruyne with the deflected goal early on, definitely not how we wanted the afternoon to begin. You know, we weren't at the races at all in that first half. We were not coping with the City press well at all. Allison and the defence got themselves into a muddle a few times, which was not good for my heart. Um, Edison had a couple of those too, to be fair, which probably didn't do City supporters' nerves much good either. But the intensity of City's pressing caused us so many issues in the first half. For, for some reason, it seemed like the speed, the intensity of it surprised Liverpool and it led to a lot of nervousness on the ball and some poor decisions. But we were lucky to weather that storm um, and not concede more in the first half. But 1-0 down, we've got Thiago, Trent, Salah, Jota. Like Jota with, you know, the equaliser should have been the perfect goal at the perfect time, really, to settle the nerves, but didn't quite play out that way. Um, wasn't a huge surprise when Jesus got City second. Um, very irritating, though. But, yeah, we we weren't good in the first half. But the key thing is we stayed in it um, and didn't let City get more, get further ahead. And we just needed that response in the second half, which we got. I assume Jürgen tore them to absolute pieces at halftime because we came out looking like a completely different team. Um, Funny because I could see some people calling for Sadio Mane to be taken off. He ends up um, being the guy who gets the equaliser early on. Um, Klopp does know more than us and Mane ended up having a great second half. I thought he was one of the best players in the second half and... Our pressing was better. We were winning the ball back quickly again. We were counter-attacking quickly again. And for the most part, staying calm under pressure in a way we weren't in the first half. Um, Still a few heart-and-mouth moments, including right at the end for Mares, But overall, we were absolutely better than we were in the first half. And there was moments where I thought we actually might win it, which is just a testament to what an incredible team this is, even when we're not at our best. Drink it in because these are a special bunch of players um, and we have to try and enjoy it amongst all the stress. Um, Also, we have to say Sterling scoring, but then that being ruled offside was very funny. Let's be honest. Um, So, yeah, this this title race is going right down to the wire, isn't it? It's incredible, first of all, that we're back in this title race after clawing back that what, 14-point gap City had on us at one point. You know, so many pundits were saying the title race was over a few months ago. You know, so many before the season didn't give Liverpool a chance, and yet here we are. It's an incredible achievement by this side. Whatever happens come the end of the season, the fact we're in this position is a testament to Klopp and this squad, as is the fact that we did come away with a draw today after Man City were so on top of us in the first half. It's not ideal overall, the result, that it's not in our hands after that. But it could have been a lot worse and the pressure is still on City. There's only one point in it. um, So seven more games for this to swing. And Man City's last game of the season is against Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa. So we can really dream of something happening there, which would be amazing. But yeah, seven more stressful games to watch for us for Liverpool. Seven more stressful ones for us to keep an eye on with City. And then we both have to play each other again in the FA Cup in six days, I think it is. So more stress there. Can't wait. This is why we um support this football club, isn't it? So go and relax. Have a drink. Let's do it all again in a few days. Cheers. Up the Reds. 
a nice lie down, a nice lie down, my kingdom for a nice lie down. Hello, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast, and what an afternoon, which for me started with me cutting my head open on the corner of a window, don't ask, and ended by watching that topsy-turvy, tipsy-dipsy, loopy-looney-tunes game in a French TV studio alongside Florence Cinema Pongol, Samia Nasri, and former Newcastle and Villa defender Habby Bay. How unusual. They were in the Roy Keane, Thierry Henry and Jamie Carragher uh, pre-match, half-time and post-match roles, although with less fondling of each other's knees. And it was so fun to see them when the cameras were off and the match began, leaping around, laughing their heads off and shouting at the screen as so many millions of us were as well, gripped as we all were to the safety bar of that dangerously rickety fairground ride as it flung us this way and that, round and round, over and over again. I don't know about your nerves, but my nerves are as shredded as a document belonging to a diplomat who hears the revolutionaries banging at the embassy doors. Bravo to Jürgen, bravo to Pep, bravo to the players. I really enjoyed that match, even though I don't know what made my head throb harder, banging it on the window or watching Diogo Jota score such a lovely goal and then squander away the ball relatively cheaply so many times. Not that I want to complain about anything, however. Overall, I'm thrilled with the result, considering we had to fight back. Not once, but twice, considering that the gap is still just one point. Considering that Raheem Sterling could have been the match winner today, and no one would have wanted that. And considering that we could or should have had at least one player sent off had those buffoons in charge not had to overcompensate, overcompensate for their Manchester bias by being lenient. Congratulations, going back to the players, congratulations to all of them, all 22 starters plus all the subs who treated us to a a harem scarem match that had all the flawed melodrama of a drunken flamenco dancer. Thank you for everything. This is Owen from Copon Podcast saying, Ole, gracias. The race is still on. We're on your coattails, city. Don't trip up now. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.